Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of This Is My Bourbon Podcast. I'm your host, Perry, with me this week, returning, even after Big Ass August is over. It's Eric the Whiskey Mutant. You know what we're coming up on, though? Snacky September. I was going to say spooky season, but... I know, but we got to wait a little bit. We do have to wait a little while, or else it's not going to be special. September 2nd. What are we on? Second? Second, yeah. It's a little too early to start saying spooky season to me. Yeah. You got to get closer to October. Okay, so like what? The 15th? Yeah, I'd say the last like two weeks of okay, cool. September. That's cool. when you got to go spooky season. So around the time that we're a bourbon and beyond. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Be watching some of those bands on Go Spooky. <laughs> Terrific stuff. <laughs> Hey, if you're here for the first time, thank you so much for uh, listening or watching on the YouTube channel. I'm just now realizing I didn't look at the camera once during that intro. We're talking to each other. So, yeah, it's just kind of how it goes. Uh, but you it's can head POV. to YouTube. They're just acting like they're with us right now. <laughs> I guess that's kind of what it's yeah. supposed to be. Yeah. 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 They're the other angle, camera angle. Yeah. Yeah. The fourth wall. YouTube.com slash this is my burden podcast. Uh, go follow us on social media at my burden pod and at whiskey mutant. Find all of our apparel and merchandise at bourbonshop.threadless.com. And you can support the show at patreon.com slash my burden podcast for as little as a dollar a month. Just a little witty witty dollar. Just a little bit. Y'all have that under your car seat right now. Probably. Yeah. Probably in my couch cushions. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like there's just like four quarters laying around anywhere in your house. Before we get too far, um, I just want to say August was amazing. Oh, An so incredible, fun. incredible month. Uh, last week, we said that we we had wound up only getting, I think, four new patrons. That day, we got a fifth. Mm-hmm. And then I think we got three more mm-hmm. after that. Yeah, I saw them all at Arby's. So, man, it's crazy that they were all at the same Arby's at the same time. Yeah, I don't know if they were there together, but we were all like kind of waiting. I'd like to imagine they were. Yeah. Yeah. Because so, there's no other reason why that many people would sign up. They were arguing, though, about the menu. I'll tell you about it later. Okay. Yeah. Um, But I think I got that right. I think I got it right that we've got three new patrons to shout out. Because we thanked the fifth one last week. Yeah. Teresa. Yeah. Right? Yes, Teresa. Yeah. Yeah. Still... Look at jamming you. on those nuggets. Do you remember it? We got a new one while we've just been sitting here. Hey. One, two, three. No, never mind. I was just texting somebody about some meat. Um, that might have been though. No, if we if we do, they didn't mm. say they were actually okay. signing up yet. I think <clears throat> no. I think I just kind of misunderstood something there. So it's all good though. Uh, yeah, Patreon. Go support the show, please. Keeps the lights on. Mm-hmm. Keeps us more content. Yeah. Oh, there's Keeps. so much more content over there. Oh, so much more. Yeah. And you get to help. I mean, if you're listening to this right now, I mean, that's because we have internet and electricity and stuff like that. And we just had a new episode of Pours from the Floor. Yeah. Season three. Three seasons. We're starting season three. Can you believe it? I can't. I can't either. Sorry, I just sent you something on Instagram that made me laugh a lot. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) 
I mean, this happened at just the right time. The corn kid is so funny. The corn kid is so funny, and whoever photoshopped this did a great job. It perf- absolutely perfect. It's first yeah. we feast. So. First we feast. It's got the guy who's peeking behind the tree with, you know, rubbing his hands, but it's the corn kid. Caught a tr- cause a truck spilled. It's breaking news. A load of corn on the highway. And he's just looking like he's about to just eat it all up. Corn kid's cool. He likes corn. Yeah, I like corn with a K. <laughs> it's my favorite band. So, well, anyway, we normally kick off episodes with either Flying Blind or Sips and Snacks. We do. This week we got Sips and Snacks, right? Yeah. And maybe, you know what? I'm just continuing Big Ass Hoggis right now. I said, why don't I just do a Flying Blind Sips and Snacks? Because. Okay. Listen. I did a uh, I did a pairing on my Instagram, brand new cakes, yes, the Snickerdoodle cream pie. And I did said, you? Okay, let me ask you a question first. Yes, 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 yes. Did did you sign up for the contest like to win the case? I didn't win. So that's not how you got that box of. No, I got on Amazon. Okay, somebody. Well, we didn't win either. Somebody sent win. me four boxes of it on Amazon. That's incredible. Yeah. Somebody on Amazon. Somebody on Amazon. <laughs> they listen to the podcast and they're like, I've not found it around here. <laughs> Why do you th- That's just a weird way to phrase it, I think. Somebody yeah. on Amazon. I don't know who it was. It was like a, it wasn't like actual Amazon. I mean, <laughs> I'm going to start saying that about any time I get a package from a distributor. It's like, yeah, somebody at UPS. <laughs> yeah. They did. Um, that's really funny to me. So I paired it with Four Roses Ellie because I was like going through stuff and like I was like I want to make this a big pairing for my page. You know, you're trying to get all the cloud on Instagram. You know, you got to go big. You know, you yeah. want you want people to click on there. You want yeah. people to share. It. Anyway, so then I got a bottle um, that I tried and I was like, oh, I'd already posted, but I was like, holy shit. This would pair amazing with this cake. So I was like, I'm going to bring it to Perry and see what he thinks. So I'm going to pour you a blind pour. I know what it is. Um, I would hope so. uh, So I'll pour it blind. You'll tell me what you think about it. Then I'll give you the cake, and then we'll pair it. Then I'll tell you what the bottle is. Let's do it. Well, I'm not going to look. Unlike I did last week. Last time when you cheated. While I'm thinking about it, I'm going to text Matt Porter back because How you telling us <laughs> he texted me like three days ago. Here's the whiskey. Yee. The only bad thing about ordering snacks from uh, somebody who just somebody from Amazon that shipped them to you, like all the cakes, like I'm sure the they box, all smushed together. Yeah. 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 So I had, I had to like find I had to like find a cake that for the the post that wasn't like smushed. Dude, I'm so excited about these. They're smaller than I thought they would be. They are smaller. They're almost cookie size. You yeah. could almost kill a box of these. So, anyway, I think this pairs even better than the Four Roses, and this whiskey by itself is pretty fantastic. Yeah. At least in my opinion. We'll see what you think. Dude, it's probably I mean it surprised me. I didn't expect it to be like this. I have to kind of dig with the nose a little bit. It's good, but like it's it's not just popping out at me immediately. It's got layers. Do I have COVID? <laughs> well, I guess I could get tested. <laughs> mm. That is really good. Yeah. It's it's a simple it's a simple pour too. Yeah. 
it's got layers, but when you when the palate hits, you're like, I mean, I get like this like almost oatmeal and like this reminds me of something vanilla and cinnamon. It almost reminds me of like a Willet product. It's not. But it does. Hit you see where I'm those, coming from? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's why I like it so much. You know how much I like that. By the way, I know where um, the new Willet is. You know that black bottle mm-hmm. with the purple top? I know a, a couple of places that have it. Right now? Yeah. I've been thinking about it. Yeah. 250? Yeah. 240? That's what like uh, that. Yeah. Just ready so, to go? Just about. I'll tell you. All right. I'll tell you off. Yeah, I need. To, I will. I will definitely purchase that. Yeah. It's pretty good though. You like that? Yeah, I do like it. It's just a simple thing, like, and it really caught me off guard. <laughs> <laughs> These cakes, though, dude, that just smells like Disney World confectionery. Yeah. And then it has like brown sugar crunch in it. Those cakes are so good, right? Like, couldn't you crush a whole box of those? Because they're like the size of a cookie, basically. So easily. Mm. The brown sugar crunch just adds that extra little layer of like, right? holy crap. Yeah. There's this little, they put little cubes of like brown sugar in the the cake part. And you get them every once in a while. It's just this little crunch. Mmm. Oh. Oh, there it is. So good. It really, the pour over really helps the finish of all of it. It all comes together at the end, right? It really does. Mm-hmm. And I'll, uh, I'll leave, there's a couple more. If Lucy wants some, I'll leave this with yeah. you. Okay. Because I got four boxes of them. Well, that's true. <laughs> Do you need four whole that boxes in at, your house? Yeah, the person at Amazon sent me four boxes. <laughs> Somebody at Amazon. Yeah. Oh. Oh, spectacular, dude. Yeah, and I really think as much as I love doing a big limited edition Four Roses, like that that pairing may be a little bit better. I'm a fan. What's so, this bottle? Any guesses? You want to guess? Oh, sweet. Dude, these picks have been so good. Yeah, it's a... Uh, Old Scout pick, of, uh, but it's rye. So it's MGP rye. And what does that say? Five or six years on the front? Five years, yeah. Five years. And I was just expecting it to be another, you know, MGP rye. And it, there's just something about it. I don't know. When you when the palate hits, it's so, like, it's just got layers to it. But the main thing was, I was like, oh, my God, the Snickerdoodle cream pie and this would be so good. Nice, man. Yeah, these uh, these old scout picks, these rise have been phenomenal recently. And the the one at OBC, it's like six years and 121 proof. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's absolutely incredible. But sweet man. Yeah, dude. It's a good there pairing. We go. There we go. Yeah. What have you been drinking recently? Well, you mentioned Willet. I did have. Uh, Open the second bottle of that. Remember when you came over and we finished off that hundred and like thirty-seven? Proof, oh yeah, that seven-year one. Yeah, yeah, I had to have more. So and then I threw up a hundred dollars. We don't talk about that. <laughs> um, 
So I opened up my backup bottle of that. Such a good Willet. It's like a seven-year Willet. Almost hazmat. So good. I know. I feel like some people, they either like Willet or they're kind of against it. That's not a hazmat. I said almost hazmat. Oh, almost has. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> hazmat, 136 proof and more. <laughs> no. Um, I don't know. Like, I feel like. I know the price throws people off, but it's one of those things where when you've had a, had a bunch of it, you kind of, it's one of the bottles that you're like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to spend a little extra money for it. So that's why when you mentioned the, the eight year weeded one, um, I'm ready to throw down on that. I see what you're doing over there. Um, that's probably only the only thing of like. And I had a little bit of that Old Scout pick just because I wanted to see what it was like. Other than that, uh, between working and the kids stuff, I, that was like my night off where I had yeah. I got a little sassy that night. You did? Yeah. Got a little sassy in our group chat. Um, and, you know, I apologized the next morning. I, it wasn't nothing crazy. But there's just somebody in our group chat that they like to like – Press your buttons. Press the buttons. And I may have put a cheat code in and went too far. But anyway, that's besides the point. Yeah. But yeah, a nice fresh crack of almost hazmat Willet. Yeah. Well, I fresh cracked this yesterday. And as you can tell, <laughs> I really, oh, really enjoyed it. That's dark. But I did this review for the Elijah Craig Barrel Proof C922 on the YouTube channel. I... Uh, during my live stream this past week. Thank you, Heaven Hill, for that. Full dang bottle. You know? All right. Um, did you you did you do the full score? Sorry, uh-huh. I was at work last night when you were doing uh-huh. live, so I didn't get to. Um, While you're talking, I'll figure that out. Oh, that nose smells so good. I think it was like 16 out of 20. Okay. That nose, though. That smells dark like some older ones. Oh, it's so dark. 17. It's just, I see I see brown and tan, which is my immediate bakery notes, which is my classic Elijah Craig notes. I think, and I'll, I'll see what you think once you've tried it, once that's you've al- actually that's taken a That's almost a, a five on the nose. <clears throat> I think this is the closest we've gotten to the older... Elijah Craig Barrel Proofs in a really long time. The nose is close. The palette and the finish are even closer. That's different. Oh, the finish, though. Uh Uh-huh. The finish is lighting me up right now. I straight up gave the finish a five. It's almost like I get all cinnamon... And even like apple, it's like cinnamon apple pie on the finish. And it's like the finish hits me so fast, like that I didn't have time to figure out what was on the palate. Yeah. Brown sugar, brown sugar and apple. It's weird. I don't know how much apple, like fruity. It's almost a fruity Elijah Craig. I still think it maintains a lot of those really dark tannic barrel notes that the the nose the nose is dark as hell yeah but just everything that 
you know, made us all fall in love with Elijah Craig Barrel Proof in the first place. The and nose. I mean, I I went up against, and the finish. I, I put this up against C918. C918 was definitely better, but this is a very, very close runner up behind it. Something about these C batches, man. Every batch that is my favorite is C batch. Not it's not consistently for me, but they but always saying, like, seem the to be top special. Ones that are my yeah, favorite. Yeah, yeah. No, are no, 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 I know. C, yeah. yeah. But I'm just saying like they they typically tend to be special and have something, you know, something extra. Yeah. Going for them. All right, let me add this. All up. right. You go ahead and talk. Uh, okay. <laughs> I wasn't ready for this. Um, but a couple other things I guess that I've been drinking. Uh, I picked up a bottle of Rare Breed the other day for the first time in probably three months because I just haven't seen it. I'm uh, very happy about that. I drank this beer that I got for my birthday, Robert the Bruce, uh, which is a, it's from Three Floyds. It's a Scottish style ale. Uh, really, really freaking good. I uh, just absolutely crushed it. And then uh, had a couple, we went over to mom and dad's for dinner the other night and I pulled out Dad's uh, high rye blue run. Oh yeah, bottle. You know which? Uh, <clears throat> did you notice which? It was it fall or spring? It's the one that we reviewed. Fall. Okay. The, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the better one of yeah. the two. Yeah, and abs- absolutely incredible. Yeah, I love Still that bottle. Some of the best four year old bourbon I've ever mm-hmm. had. Exactly. But he also had a a Knob Creek pick from Keeneland. Keeneland. Yeah, which I didn't know about. So if you don't know, Keeneland is uh, the the horse track. Just on the outside of Lexington. They sell it at Keeneland? No, I think they sold it at the uh sold it, excuse me. I said sold sold it. Sold it. At the mercantile shop downtown. Uh, okay. Um That's where we got our uh our makers bottles way back when. When they first started doing the the makers private select pick available for everybody from Keeneland. Yeah. Like their own stave blend and whatnot. Um yeah, that was like 2019. That's when Curtis and Swan were still around. What? I was just seeing if they're still around. Because I'm here, baby. <laughs> you scared him away. <laughs> That's the truth. Yeah. <laughs> no, Swan Swan uh, had other stuff going on today. Yeah, so he's, he wasn't able to today. he's got a new job going on. Yeah. I don't know how much longer he's going to be on. Regularly. We gotta get him on one more time. I gotta do funky nerds with him. Yeah, absolutely. Do. So at least one more time before. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, before he leaves. But uh, yeah, that Keeneland pick is special. It's so good, man. And I I had to text Curtis about it, ask if they had any left or if he knew about it. And he was like, I didn't even get the memo. <laughs> Damn, Curtis, come on, brother. Uh, I want to do a show with Curtis too. Dude, absolutely. We need to figure out what we're doing for the two hundred fiftieth episode. We only got a few weeks. Yeah, it's the end of this month. Yeah. Crazy, man. 250, sexy September. Just and then, a bunch of dudes on the screen. <laughs> so, sausage Fest September. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> but, uh, but next month is the five-year anniversary. The podcast starting, too. So it's it's been a very quick five years, I feel like, but also exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's been a very busy long five years and I, I've only been on it for a year and I've like yeah. I feel like we went all over the place in the past year we really have um, so we'll be re- recording that episode 
like the five year anniversary episode a couple days beforehand and then like it'll come out a couple days after but i think that's right yeah we'll figure it out anyway good times man i'm excited i am too yeah i'm glad to be a part of this during this time man i'm happy that you're a part of it and i think that we we've talked about if we're doing any kind of housekeeping i think this is probably it Something's been in the water, <laughs> I, whether it's with us and the way we've been doing content or just the way people have been responding to what we've been doing. But we have gotten, I think, maybe the most positive feedback that we've ever gotten about the show over like the past couple of months. It's weird, too, because like I feel like every time we get ready to record, I'm like, this is my first time. Some like I still I'm like, all right, all right, all right, here we go. Go do this. Get ready to do this. And it's like, yo, hold up. Like you're doing you've been doing this for over a year. Yeah, you've got 50 episodes at least under your belt at this point. And I'm like, but still, like, I don't know. There's something about it that and I think that's fun because for me, like with how busy work is, you know, my kids are busy trying to do all that stuff like this is my couple of hours of like just hanging out time yeah and so it always like feels fresh and new i guess coming into it so i'm always like all right you know let's do the podcast Uh, it doesn't show that you're like anxious or nervous or anything no i can remember when i first started yeah go back and listen to those episodes pair you like you i I brought this you were very quiet you want to try this like the first month or so now i'm like fuck yeah now you're just screaming yeah i'm screaming (laughs) stuff I'm saying inappropriate things. I think the first thing that really like turned the corner with you being the the new energy for the podcast was the the spooky edit. <laughs> spooky. I'm gonna wait. Yeah, I'm not gonna put it in yet. Yeah, that's when I first got my own edit. Yeah, when I did something specific for yeah. you know something you did, and like nobody else has ever really gotten that. Yeah, so suck it, other co-hosts. <laughs> Can you name all three of them? Tanner, <laughs> Curtis, and Swan. Two of the three we named already. <laughs> I already knew that. Let me ask you this: uh, We're going to get to the news here in a minute, but how do you feel about like because you were a listener? Yeah, before you were part of the show, I was. How do you feel about like the evolution and the journey that the podcast has taken since the beginning? Because I mean, like, I can look back at it and be hypercritical and be like, that was, you know, trash. And you can tell that we didn't know what we were doing and we were anxious and nervous and all this stuff. And like, we've just become more comfortable with the whole, right. you know, the whole thing over the course of five years. Right. But I, I'm, I'm just curious from like an, a former outsider's perspective, um, what that's like. I would say, I would say it was, and it was an evolution from, Hey, we're trying to make a bourbon podcast because I think in the early times, um, there was more focus on just bourbon. Um, and you, you know, we, you get the tips and bits and all that stuff like that. But like, I feel like it kind of went from like, hey, we're a bourbon podcast to, hey, now we're a bourbon and pop culture podcast. And I feel like once and I get this is and this is nothing against anybody 
uh, Tanner and Connor before. Connor. Connor. <laughs> Curtis. <laughs> I put I put Curtis and Tanner Tanner in the same yeah. name there. But that, I, you're not the first person to have done that. But I think when it was just you and Swan and there was only two people talking about things, that's when I was like I really started like getting more into it because it was like kind of a mix of like, there's your bourbon and like, all right, what are we going to talk about in like tips and bits? What, what's the pop culture aspect of this going to be? And that's when I kind of really got into it. Um, I'd always listened, but it's like, Oh, they just spent 15 minutes talking about Pokemon. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's the, no, I know that's the, the podcast for me. It's like you get some this and that, you get a bourbon review or an interview, and then it's like, let's talk about what's going on with pop culture. Yeah. So I don't know. I feel like it's just kind of went from just just a normal like your normal bourbon podcast to, hey, this is like you could not even pick up bottles and be like, I know at this point. I'm going to hear what these guys think about this movie or like yeah. this TV show or this yeah. podcast or something like that. And that uh, that was a very just kind of natural evolution of the way that we've, yeah. we've done things. Like it was never intentionally like, oh, we've got to be different. We've got to start, you know, talking about pop culture stuff just to, you know, separate ourselves yeah. from what everybody else is doing. It's just like that's just who we are and how yeah. it is. And I, I know that... And the thing is, too, there's a thousand other bourbon podcasts out there. So if people don't like the pop culture aspect of it, there's other shows for them to listen to. And that's just like that's my big thing right now with like Instagram as being somebody who kind of started their bourbon content through Instagram. It's like now it's like I want to see people put content that's not just a straight review i want to see what people because we're all like i mean maybe maybe i'm wrong maybe the majority of the people only focus on bourbon and whiskey their entire day in life yeah and that's that that's that is fine. plenty of people but i feel like just as much there's so many other people that are like i'm watching this i'm reading this i'm doing that and i love bourbon yeah. You know, and you and you may maybe you love bourbon more than the other stuff, but you're still you're still watching movies. Yeah. You're still reading comics, you're reading books, and I want to see everything come together. I don't want to just be focused on one thing all the time. I want to be like, man, this new game came out, this new movie came out. I'm going to pair a bourbon with it or what am I going to pour with it? Okay, yeah. like I'm I'm that dedicated to dissecting a bourbon as I am dissecting a movie yeah that's just me like i want to i want to see variety i want to see it all come together yeah and that's what i love about this because i can talk about bourbon what i love what i've drank what i've paired and then i can talk about what i've watched yeah what i've read what i've played and i think a lot of stuff is just straight like here's your bourbon content and you're done it's like okay yeah. like that's fine like if i want a quick review i'll go do i'll listen to this or i'll watch that but if i want the full package I want the magic mic of bourbon podcast, the full package. This is it. Like this is you're, you're getting it all right here. Do you do you have this like sense where even though you're a part of it, 
that you want to find something where you can like listen to this. Yeah. Like, but I, I mean, like, you wish that there was a podcast that you weren't a part of that you could listen no, to. No, that's what that's I'm saying. Like, yeah, like I, like I would love, like, I, I fucking hate when people just steal everybody's ideas. <laughs> Everybody on Instagram just copies what every other person is doing, and I just said it. That's that's an early hot take. But, <laughs> yeah, it would be cool if it was like, because I'll listen back to our stuff because we record a week in advance. Yeah, and you, you can miss stuff, too, or forget yeah, stuff. Like, and like, say, you know, what did Perry I, say about that? Or if like, I throw in a goofy edit, yeah, like, you know, if I, I put hear. in a weird glockenspiel noise right here. But it's almost like if there was a... <laughs> Now you got to go back and listen oh. to see whether or not I did it. If there was whether a, or not I put in the Defenders right. of the Earth theme at full blast, <laughs> it would. Defenders of the Earth. Defenders. Out of the sky, his rockets ignite. Jets into battle, flying faster than light. Flash Gordon, Lord of the Jungle, the hero who stalks. The beasts call him brother. The ghost to war. Defenders of the Earth. Defenders. It would be, it would be... Did I do it? I hope so. Who's to say? Who's to say? But I hope that... <laughs> I hope you did. But, <laughs> like... So, it's kind of like, it's kind of like a catch-22. It's like, do I want to have another bourbon podcast that focuses just as much on pop culture that I can listen to? Yes, but at the same time, I would be like... They stole our idea. You stealing our gimmick right now? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. almost like a team up thing. It's like, hey, we're gonna do this. We know you guys do that. Is that cool? And I'll be like, I, hell I, yeah. I'll tell you who I think does it, but a lot more structured than we do it is film and whiskey. Oh yeah. I mean, like, well, just, that's their thing. You know, that's yeah. their whole thing. Is literally they're watching a movie and right, they're reviewing right, whiskey. Right, right. So I mean, if if like if anybody's kind of looking for something like that. No, Go and listen I to listen and to those guys, but yeah. it, it's almost like, and this is just me. This is not how Perry, like, I don't know how Perry thinks about it, but I listen to them more for their movie reviews. Yeah, sure. Yeah, because I feel like we've, and that's another thing, like, I've had a lot of the whiskey that they, you know, review with that movie and all that, but I'm coming into it. Like, I want to see what they say about this movie. Like they just, they just did Scott Pilgrim. Uh, that one's up on my queue. I'm ready to do that. Like, it's almost like they are a film, uh, review podcast that I listen to. And it's like, maybe it's just me being already into the whiskey and knowing all that. Like, I'm like, Oh, you know, that's fine. For sure. We all think about, different whiskeys like that but i want to know what they know about the movies yeah absolutely review about the movies so i don't know i get it yeah yeah for sure but anyway that was a good segment how do you feel (laughs) it's the new segment how are you feeling um well how am i feeling about this yes we didn't actually get to your numerical review 15.5 it's so good man i will say let me see what did i say about everything 4.5 4.5 on the nose. I hit it a little lower at 3 on the palate, only because it just feels a little thin on the palate. That's the only thing. Agree to disagree. I feel like, yeah, that's fine. Like, the nose is good, and I expected more on the palate, 
but it hit me so much more on the finish. I gave the finish a five. And then I gave the price a three because the price, although, I mean, I would pay $90 for this. In our yeah. area, we're seeing 85 to $90. Yeah. But I think it, MSRP is still 65 though. That's what I'm saying. Like, we used to be able to get, if you went to a normal store, nothing else, you could grab this for 70 bucks. Yeah. And I, that was a that would be a five uh, a five on the price, but now I don't know. You know they can everybody sets their own prices, but like it's creeping up to more of a hundred dollars now. Yeah. So I was like, pull it back a little bit because I want the price that it used to be. Yeah. So a little thin to me on the palette. Finish is a perfect finish, and now at ninety to a hundred, I'm still going to buy it. Yeah. But I wish it was a little cheaper. Sure, so, sure. That's it. Um, we were flipped on nose and palette. I gave the nose a three point five, and I gave the palette a four. Okay. Finish. We were in complete agreement on five. Uh, and the price. I mean, I I still try to go with MSRP, and also still consider value as much as I can with these these bottles. So I I went with a four point five. Okay. On the price. Uh, it's so final score of 17 yeah. out of 20. But, I mean, it's considering... A it's a buy. Oh, it's 100% a buy. And considering... It's better than the B-Batch. See, that's what I was about to say, is considering how <clears throat> how disappointed we've been in the batches that have been out over the past couple of years, I I can't help but recommend this one <laughs> a lot. Yeah. So I mean, I really fully recommend this one. If if you're on the fence about this year's Elijah Craig Barrel Proof Batches, um, this is the one. This is absolutely the one to, to go for. Um, Larceny B522 and Elijah Craig C922. Those yeah, are the I was two batches. Say, they're flipped. Like, yeah, the Elijah Craig C batch beats the Larceny B, uh, C batch, but I still think the Larceny B batch is better than the Elijah Craig B batch. So. When you think about what you're considering for your top ten, because we are in the back half of the yeah, we got to start thinking about of it. the the year. When you think about your top ten for the year, are you going to be more likely to put the larceny in over the Elijah Craig, or vice versa? Larceny, I think it stood out more because it's not been as good. Yeah, and I think that larceny B five twenty two is. It it's it stands out in like a row of like other stuff. I think it's it, it's it's infinitely more special. Yeah. And where this Elijah Craig barrel proof is really good and is a return to form, I don't think that that necessarily means that it is a better product overall. No, because than the larceny it's is. like it's like when you have a band who's put out shit albums for like two years and then all of a sudden they bring back a hitter. Yeah. You're like. This is good, but y'all should have been doing this yeah. like nonstop. Yeah. Whereas Larceny, it's like this band that's kind of sucked a little bit. All of a sudden, they, they just their put stride. out a hitter, and you're like, "Are they going to keep doing this? Like, and I'm going to keep a more. I'm going to keep a more of an eye out for the Larceny than I am that because it's always going to be a buy. You know, twelve years, logically well proof, whether and, you like the, it or not. The follow up to their you know breakout album. Was still really good. Yeah, it wasn't as good as the one that came right, before. Right, but it's still a phenomenal listen. Yeah, poor. Exactly. The metaphor is getting lost on me. <laughs> Pour it in your ears. 
don't do that. That's bad. Um, I want to. So let's I let's get into some of the news. I had to pull this page up, not necessarily about what what this is, but just so I could remind myself to talk about this because I I haven't been this heated about something in the bourbon world oh, in a long going. time. But this okay, got me. It, it's right. it's not it's not about this page specifically. No, but I, I saw the brand. And I was yeah, like, I don't know. yeah. So one of the things that we have talked about a lot over the past few years is the how do I how do I want to say this? The vacation of responsibility that happens after a bottle is sold from a from a store to a consumer, from a distillery basically, basically to a consumer. What's in your head when you're buying a bottle that you know you can profit off of? Well, it's not it's not that so much. It's just that the distillery does not hold responsibility for what the consumer does with that bottle after they have sold it to them. Yeah, and whether that's the you know the store, whether that's you know something on the secondary market, whatever, whoever the the seller of a bottle of bourbon is. Essentially, their responsibility for the life of that bottle post sale is is none. They they don't have responsibility for yeah. it. And this is not a this is not a criticism of Four Roses. You do you have crit- something to say about Four Roses mm. in this? Yeah. Okay, we'll get to it. We'll get to it in a second, but. This past week, Four Roses put out a 16-year OESV single-barrel pick, cast strength, for Eastern Kentucky flood relief. $200 a bottle. Mm-hmm. I think it was like limit two yeah, or limit something. Two. Yeah, you can so, buy two. I mean, it, if if we're looking at it from a, a collector's standpoint, you know, that kind of gives you the opportunity to buy one to open and buy one to keep. Yeah. On the flip side of that, though, no pun intended, we have the people who are buying that bottle to then just straight up flip it on the secondary market. Yeah. A charity bottle. Mm-hmm. Money that goes to, to victims of a natural disaster. And then you're trying to profit off of that? Yeah. Like there's a special place in hell. <laughs> I mean, for that, there's nothing that wrong person. with there's nothing wrong with buying two bottles of that, keeping one, and turning around and putting one on your group for the same price, and maybe saying like, "Hey, I, yeah, I don't have a problem." This with is that for either. people who didn't get a chance to do it, and maybe say like, "I, you know, add a add a donation to a charity to it." something like that yeah but if you turn around and put it on secondary for like sixteen hundred dollars i haven't seen it for that much i've seen it for eleven hundred and that still got my blood boiling oh that's still too much like i think i saw somewhere somebody posted something it was like somebody tried to do it for sixteen hundred dollars and no no other stipulation it's just like here's the bottle i'm not going to donate 800 of it to charity or something like that i've seen people say uh this bottle this much, I'm going to put this much towards charity, and you know, if that's what you feel like doing, that's fine. 
But it's like, it's the intention going into it. If you yeah. go into it yeah, that you love absolutely. bourbon. That's a really good way of putting it. And you love helping the community. Then oh, that's fine. Buy two bottles and do whatever. Trade a bottle for somebody like that. But if you literally see this pop up and go, oh, I'm going to make some cash off this. And you, you know, you put it on there for triple, quadruple the price. It's like you didn't go into this wanting to help this charity. You went into it for yourself and you use that to make a profit. There, There is a like a, a pay it forward mentality that could come about with this where like somebody goes and buys the bottle. Yeah. $200 to charity. They sell it to somebody else for $200. But that $200 goes to charity. And so the third person now, or I guess the second person, the third party in this scenario, who would be the second person to own the bottle, keeps that going. So they sell it to somebody else for $200, yeah. and they give that $200 to the same charity. Just so like it keeps having like a, a chain effect. That's asking a lot of people... <laughs> To even consider something like that. But, like, in an ideal scenario, I think that could be acceptable. Yeah. Because you're actually actively going in and saying, well, this has more life to it than just one transaction. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, I mean, eventually if it comes back around to the first person and they buy it for that same $200 and it goes to charity, but they make the decision to open it or whatever... Yeah. All the power to them. Yeah. Exactly. Because that's, that's what it's there for. But selling a a charity bottle for profit is one of the grossest things it is. that I think is happening in the bourbon market, in the bourbon world at this moment. Now, you have an issue with Four Roses mm -hmm. with all of this. Yeah. I don't know what this is. You have not told me about this before either. What is what is your problem with well, Four Roses? I just in think this? that for one, I think they could have maybe I missed the memo or the email, but I think they could have told everybody how many bottles they had because they obviously had more than one barrel of this. Yeah, just oh, yeah. like the okay, just like the twenty year Four Roses that I got, which I did not wait in line at all. I walked up there at the end of the day when they were closing; they still had some bottles left. They put this they put this email out and this or this uh, announcement out way in advance to give everybody a chance to plan. So obviously, I really think a lot of people already knew what they were going to do. Like, well, oh, sure, I'm going to get there early. The people who wanted to drink it and enjoy it were going to get there to make sure they got it, and then the people who don't drink it and want to profit had a chance to do it. Okay, that's fine. But why not? If, if they had so many different barrels of this, why not just do it a little bit at a time? Why not say, all right, this day we're going to put out 200 bottles. And when those 200 people are there, they're done. People were lined up down the road, yeah. miles yeah. there. People were having to dodge traffic. I heard people were causing, like, there was a bunch of, like, it was just a mess. Why not say, hey, over the next couple of days... We're going to put out to this barrel, this barrel, this barrel. That way you don't have thousands of people showing up at one time. Yeah. yeah. I Not, don't have any problem with that. 
Not only that, but you, we both know how many just residents live there yeah. around Four Roses. Yeah. Like, think of them, too. This bottle is going to sell out. Like, it's not like you have to worry about it not selling out if you don't put it all out at once or something like that. Yeah. Like, do it over a little bit of time. Like, be like, and then once people see there, put a sign out that says, no more bottles. So, it's not disrupting the community already. Yeah. And people aren't going crazy. And it's like, you know what? I can't get there on this Monday. So, but if if they're going to do it over a course of five days, hey, I've got Thursday off. I can go get me a bottle too. And I can, and the people who really, like me personally, like I, I've, we've done a charity already for this. Yeah. I would have loved to have got that bottle just to support the charity. Like, yeah, yeah I'm, I've heard it tastes amazing. But I would I would gladly give two hundred dollars to charity for this. I, I mean, but if, even there if, was no way I could. I literally dropped my kids off, and then I see people are already lined up for miles. Like, do it over a course of a few days, yeah, and then let people know, like, hey, everybody in line already has got the bottle for the day. I'm sorry, plan another day and do it like that. Like, I just feel like they could have been a little bit more transparent and made it. That's that's completely fair. That's I, completely I just, fair. I just feel bad for the people who really wanted to help with the charity, and obviously they didn't get to. And I feel bad for the people that live there. Yeah, hundred like, percent. That's just their normal life. I'd, be, and I'd like, be pissed if there were people lined up around our cul-de-sac. Yeah, you and know, blocking your stuff and all that. You can't get <laughs> for, out like for a bourbon release. But I feel like if you're going to do that, and you've got, I don't know how many. I feel like they, I don't know how many barrels they had to put out. I never heard a number. I never it was a lot. Number. Yeah. They could have spread that out a little bit and made things a little easier. Hey, there's already 250 people in line. Sorry, here's a sign at the end of the turn down there where you turn up. And people wouldn't just line up and, you know, be sitting there trying to get this bottle. Yeah. So that's just how I feel. I On, on the other end of that spectrum, too, I think that they could have just not sent an email out at all. Yeah. And people who rock up to the gift shop. Yeah, they would have put it online and everybody would have been there And anyway. everybody would have known. But it's just, yeah, I, think I, they I, put I, us, I see what I, you're saying. I think they put the announcement out too early. And it gave too many people a heads up to just go crazy over it. And that's and people from not in state will probably look at me and say, well, that would be the only way I got a chance to do it. Okay, that's fine too. But they could have said we're going to do it over five days or something like that well at that point though the conversation i think shifts from are you doing this for the charity or are you doing this for the bourbon true they could have done half of it online sure yeah absolutely yeah if you are from out of state and you want a chance to get this bottle and you want us to hold it for you until you can do it this is the price we're going to put it online we're going to do half the bottles online and half for everybody else i just think i don't have anything against four roses i love that they did this if this truly all went to the charity that's amazing thank you four roses i love your products i love all that but i feel like this particular bottle it it just got too wild it just got too wild too quick. Yeah. No, I, I can I can totally get on board with that. And it could have been spread out over a couple of days online and all that and made things a lot simpler for everybody. Yeah. So I, I will say that seeing all of that <laughs> made me thirsty for the 20-year. 
No, I'll bring it back over. You know, well, I'll come over to your house. That's a, that's a bottle where I come over to yeah. your house and drink. Yeah, no, that bottle has only been opened every time there's somebody else. That, I've never had that by myself. Yeah, and that's that's what I told myself too because people yeah. were going crazy for that. But somehow that did not go as wild as this one because yeah. even the next morning, I think people were able to get a bottle. So I don't know. Yeah, it took a few days. Yeah, it took a few days, but um. I don't have anything else to say about that. I think I'm just going to be just don't be rehashing the same issue. That's all I'm saying. Don't be a turd. But yeah, Uh, let's see. Buffalo Trace has given us an update on their one point two billion dollar operations expansion, uh, which means that they are basically they're going full force with it. Uh, They reported that their whiskey production has increased by 50 percent. Since five years ago. Damn. And is scripted to flat out double in the upcoming years. That's fit. Yeah. Um, of course, the. I mean, we, we have to step back and think about what that implies, despite the fact that, you know, that will eventually be available. And it's good news that, you know, they're putting out that much more yeah. or creating that much more, at least within the context of. Uh, their own facility, uh, it's not going to be out tomorrow. <laughs> it's going to take so years, yeah. It's going to take a long time. Um, they've got a new still house. They built 14 new barrel warehouses, 12 more fermenters, new cookers. Um, oh, I thought you were eating another snicker, uh, snickerdoodle, excuse me, which I might do. I might have I, another one. I it, it, it essentially, this all adds up to almost 21 million gallons per 365 days of distilling. It's a lot of whiskey. That's, that's, a, that's lot a lot of whiskey. whiskey. So, uh, it's uh, great. You know, I'm I'm excited to see more Buffalo Trace on the market yeah. because I mean I want to look I want to revisit this when my kids are old enough to drink. And see what the BTAC looks like then. And be like, I remember when they doubled everything. Okay. What? What did I do? Nothing. I have an inside scoop. Oh, Lord. Through a couple different channels. Okay. I might have to cut this out. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't decided yet. <laughs> there is a very strong chance that we are not going to be seeing George T. Stack again this year. Due to more sour barrels. How would you not know that they're going to be sour? I don't know. I, I genuinely do not know. If you're constantly um, checking that, like, wouldn't you be like, oh, crap, we need to change something up here. Find some more barrels or something. I guess. Or lower the age. I'm sure a eleven year old George C. Stag is better than a no year old George C. Stag. You know what I mean? No, I know. I'm 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 just as confused as you are. But I'm I'm pretty stunned by it. So Jeez. not confirmed yet. We will see in the next month or so 
But until then, teeny tiny little grain of salt. But also, you heard it here first. <laughs> so, uh, let's talk about a big change that happened today as of recording at Maker's Mark. Mm. Denny Potter, their master distiller and the master of maturation, Jane Bowie. Bowie? Bowie? I don't know. I've uh, actually both left Maker's Mark. Um, I wonder what Pete has to say about this. Pay <laughs> just play. Um, I didn't know this, but Denny actually worked for Maker's Mark before he worked at Heaven Hill. Really? Yeah. Hmm. He worked there in 2003. Or excuse me, started there in 2003. Uh, and then he left to become Heaven Hill's master distiller. That can't be right. 2013 to 2017? If he left Heaven Hill in 2017, it would have had to have been at like the tail end of that year. Because I remember doing the podcast at that point, like when he announced that he was leaving and just being yeah. like gobsmacked by it. I don't know. Anyway. Um, it looks like that it and and we've not gotten confirmation about this we can kind of speculate on it a little bit but it looks like they're supposed to be starting a new brand together i think it's more likely that they're going to work for green river though maybe a new uh a new label for green river well i mean they could just be the the master distiller and master of maturation true because they did just lose oh, their master yeah, distiller. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, they could have been poached. And oh, now yeah. with all this new capital that Green River has, thanks to the merger with Bardstown Bourbon Company, oh, man. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. I truly would not be surprised. And I think that if we are going to find this information out soon, or if we're going to find this information out, it's going to be sooner rather than later. And the reason that I say that is because thinking about how quickly the turnaround was for finding, you know, when when Jackie left Old Forester and what was next for her. Yeah. I mean, that was like before we even were able to put the episode out where we were speculating on what was next for right, her. Right, right, right. And I mean, that was within like three days. It's like she walked in and just made a, a, <laughs> a bourbon. <laughs> just a declaration. She walked in, blended a bourbon, put it in a bottle. It's like it was that quick. Didn't even didn't even check to see what it tasted like. <laughs> you know, I could really use a cigar right now. <laughs> maybe that's how you make Hidden uh, Barn better, is you uh, smoke a cigar with it. Maybe. We'll have to do that soon. <laughs> Put a cigar in it and mix it and drink it. Yeah. It couldn't be any worse. Uh, but we wish all the best to Denny and Jane. In yeah, next venture. I'm, I'm anxious to see what they do. Coming out this month, we talked about this barely last week. I think I just was like, oh, by the way, Mictors is doing this. Uh, but they are putting out their second ever release of the Toasted Barrel Sour Mash oh, yeah. whiskey. Um, I really wish that they would make this higher proof. Yeah, me too. Because we've had the, we had the well, last. It's, it's right back there behind you. 
Do you want to drink some? Yeah. Let's have some. Yes. So another batch of yeah. Sour Mash. And here's the first batch. Yeah. 86 proof, $100 a bottle. Such a good cork pot. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I mean, the first batch is really good. Uh, good. It's not my favorite thing in the world. But it's, it's, was the normal sour mash ever one of your favorite things? Because some people go crazy over it. Mm-mm. And to me, it was just like, eh, are you doing a snickerdoodle pairing over there? Just give me a minute, okay? It's crushable. I'll tell you that. Yeah, that didn't work. <laughs> There's just not enough on it. No. It's such a good, like, base for a toasted product, but, like, I just don't think you get enough flavors out of 86 proof. There's too much water in it. Yeah. It weirdly added, like, a sour note in the middle there. Sour mash? Oh, sour no. mash. Look at that. How about that? How about that? Uh, I bet you'll be able to get that, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Probably more than likely than, like, the toasted bourbon one. Yeah. I feel like maybe. Maybe you have a better chance. Uh, we do have information on the newest little book to come out as well. It's called To the Finish. If you tell me this is going to be amazing, I want to kick myself because I could have oh! I could have sh- bought it the other day. I just remembered something. What? I've got more information on the um, the single barrel bookers. Oh, too. okay. I'll pull that up in just a second. All right. Um... I don't know what this is going to be like, especially because the blending components are four-year-old straight malt whiskey finished in cherrywood staves, same malt whiskey finished in applewood smoked barrels, same malt whiskey finished in hickory smoked barrels. To the finish, I get it now. Same malt whiskey finished with applewood staves and a five-year-old Kentucky straight bourbon. (laughs) To the finish. You said finish a lot, so now I get it. Uh, went on sale last month. Available nationwide in limited quantities. Retail price one twenty five. It's at Ernie's right now. Is it? Yep. They had uh, three bottles, I think, yesterday. Nice. Uh, one seventeen point four five proof. I think I'm a pass on it. Yeah. Um, I'd have to have a sample. Yeah, I know that. Uh, your best friend in the whole wide world has <laughs> a bottle of it. Even. Oh, he went and bought a bottle already. Yeah. Well, so did um, Chad Perkins. Yeah, but he's got Patreon money. That's true. The other guy. All right. (laughs) Not so much. Sorry. (sighs) I'm so torn about this. Oh, I see it. Russell's Reserve, Single Rick House, Camp Nelson C. (sighs) We want it. But why has it got to be so expensive? Yeah. So the inaugural release, Russell Reserve uh, Single Rick House Camp Nelson C. I cannot speak, apparently, features liquid from only 72 barrels from the now dismantled seven-story Rick House Camp Nelson C. Built in 1946 and decommissioned in 2021. Camp Nelson C. became a treasured Rick House of Wild Turkey Distilling Company. So why tear it down? I guess because maybe it was structurally unsafe? I don't know. <laughs> Jim, Jimmy's going to get collapsed on riding a scooter around in that Rick house. It's all right. He's got a pillow to save him. <laughs> <laughs> go boing. 
it'll be safe. He might actually save himself a little bit. Oh. Might drain some fluid. That's like popping a cyst. <laughs> <laughs> that part of uh, It's Always Sunny where uh, they go to Ireland yeah, and Dee exactly. has the giant oh, it's so welt on her face yeah. and Dennis... <laughs> So good. Uh, 112.4 proof. <clears throat> aged over 10 years. $250. $250. I don't get that. I could sit here and try to justify it. I don't know if I want to, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, and it's not that I'm like ultimately upset about this. Because let's be honest, there's a chance we might wind up getting it anyway. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure we'll get at least a sample from somebody yeah. if we don't get it ourselves. Yeah, But, but still, i got to try it before I can say that this is worth $250. When yeah. even, we even know Russell's 13 is 80 bucks normally, you know? And then, uh, I mean, even the Russell single barrels are getting up to $80, $90 now. 250 is a big jump. That's Master's Keep numbers right there. Yeah. What if they did a Masters Keep Russell's Reserve? I would I would be like, okay, two fifty, I'm good. I I I go full Yeah, but go full is, meme. Give me give give take, all take my, my money. money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't even remember what it was. Take my money. But still, yeah, this is just Shut a, up and take my money. This is a Russell's Reserve from one Rick House. That's it. Like I gotta taste it. I'm gonna try to try not to think too much about it until I taste it. Do you want to try to send them a message on Instagram? Might as well. I'll do it right now. So let's talk. I want to talk about this because we missed it last week. And you you brought it up on the Patreon oh, yeah. Uncut episode. But <laughs> Eric, out of nowhere, a couple weeks ago, messages Jack Daniels on Instagram. Yeah, and says, direct message on Instagram. Can we get some samples to review? Love you. And they sent a message back that was like, hey, here's the proper means of communication if you want to, <laughs> you know, try to get samples. Literally the night before you got that response, I was sending out emails to distilleries for interviews and samples. And I got a quicker response from Jack Daniels than you did about samples. <laughs> It wasn't a, hey, we've got stuff we're going to send you right now. Right. But it was a, what's your address? We'll put you on the list. <laughs> what? What? I guess that shows the difference in. So we're kind of waiting on like a race to the finish line at this point. Well, I mean, um, I've not got an email back saying anything about your address or anything like that. So that's fair. Fuck me. Not them. Yeah, no, you. not them. Yeah. Me. Yeah. yeah. Whistlepig Biggieback, 100 proof bourbon, six years old, $50 a bottle nationwide. Uh, not sure where it's coming from. UGP. Maybe. I'm guessing. Uh, high corn mash bill. Uh, what? Will it? I don't know, man. Huh. Interesting. As with the rye, this whiskey is geared toward bartenders. <laughs> Why? Stop saying that. I don't like that. I don't know, buddy. Uh, okay. I'm sorry. Filmland Spirits. 
Filmland. Straight bourbon and rye from Indiana. Okay. Not age stated. Okay. Anywhere from 94 to 115 proof. 55 to $80. Available this month in California, Kentucky, and online. Hmm. Okay. All inspired by retro B-movie concepts involving robots and monsters. This is right up your alley. I'm down for that. Moonlight Mayhem, four-year-old straight bourbon. 47% $55. Moonlight Mayhem Extended Cut, four-year-old cast strength straight bourbon. Ooh. 115 proof, 80 bucks. And Rise of the Robots. Four-year-old straight rye, 94 proof. Whiskey Morg, are you listening? I know you are. Get in with them. Um we need we need these. Yeah, we need them. <laughs> we need we definitely need these. Uh I want to try them. And it would be really fun to do some Patreon like bonus content where we do like film commentaries. <laughs> I'm with down with these. that. So spooky season. Got some TTB labels to talk about as well. Good times. Amberana honey. Barrel strength. One eleven proof. Okay. Don't know anything about that. Knob Creek. Seven year old. Kentucky straight rye whiskey. What's the proof on that? The proof on this is one hundred. Huh. Interesting. Since 1992. 30 years old. Wait. Yeah, 30. Because I'll be 30 next year. Yeah. Oof. My heart just sank into my stomach. Welcome to my life. <laughs> Jack Daniels Distillery Series Straight Tennessee Whiskey Finished with Toasted Pecan Wood Chips. Is that Limited one of those one edition. things? Um, the I, Taser Series, like, you know, the flask size? Yeah. Yeah, it looks like, oh, 120 proof. Oh, heck yeah, let's go. I'm down. Totally down for that. New release from Frank August. It's called Case Study One. Looks like small batch bourbon finished uh, from Kentucky, excuse me, in Mizunara in Japanese oak casks. Mm. 114.4 proof. You know, I heard a rumor from where their first release was from. Where? Wilderness Trail. Oh, Wilderness Trail, yeah. yeah. I heard that too. Yeah. Um, I think that's actually... I don't think that's uh, a rumor. I oh, think okay. that's true now. I don't know. I'm we just know. saying. I, I thought I knew something. Yeah, you might. You might I have. Don't I don't know. Do you have one, one ounce of news this week? I do. Do you want to do that right now or keep going with no, those labels? Going. Okay. Short barrel, single barrel series, straight rye whiskey. I don't know. I don't know where this is from. Short barrel bourbon in Atlanta, Georgia. Huh. Hmm. I've heard of short barrel, but I don't know anything about it. I wouldn't know either. 140 proof. Mm. Hooly dooly. Yes, man. <laughs> Poor cho- I mean, guesses. Poor guesses. Barrelcraft Spirits Bourbon, gray label. 98.6 proof. That's Is that the, this? No, that's the dovetail. Oh, it's gray. Yeah, it's not the same thing, though. Oh, sorry. It's a blend of bourbon, uh, varying ages, and five different mash bills matured in barrels crafted from 36-month air-dried wood to concentrate flavor and highlight their rich characteristics. Bottled at cast strength. How is 98.6 cast strength? That's crazy. Y'all crazy. Slow cask. You, lo- you, you loonies. You, lo- <laughs> you loony tunes. I'm, I'm sure we'll get to try that. You loonies. Uncle Nearest Rye. Okay. Uncut, unfiltered, straight whiskey. 120.2 proof. All right, another Barrel Craft Spirits bourbon. It's the they gold are, label instead of the great label. Out. They are. 
Uh, gold label 102.2 proof. Uh, four specific lots of barrels up to 18 years old. So I can vote. Nice. And what's going to vote on, you think? <laughs> uh, city council. Okay. Oh, what? what is that? Pursuit United blended straight rye whiskeys finished with sherry French Revere Oak. It's part of the Oak Collection. I'm down. I'm so down for that. What up, Kenny? Man. 108 proof. Nice. I'm sticking with it. 100% down for that. Uh, some Starlight barrels, single barrels, rye whiskey finished in Madeira wine, rye whiskey finished in cherry liqueur, <laughs> bourbon whiskey finished in champagne wine barrels. That's a lot of finishes. Yeah. Boone County cast strength, straight bourbon whiskey finished in Anna liqueur casks? I don't even know what that is. Me neither. Dalton Winery. And last but not least, Boone County. Kentucky Pot Still Rye. Single barrel. Straight rye whiskey. 100 proof. 100% rye. 100% rye? 95.5. Oh. Malted rye and then rye. I'll be down for that. Uh, yeah. Try. I'll give it a try. So we wanted to save this last bit of news uh, right before we did our review. Blue Run is opening up a new distillery in Georgetown, Kentucky. They're going to be spending $50 million, almost $51 million, uh, to yes, get this new... Million? Just about. Yeah. Just, yeah. Uh, to get this place opened up. The project will include a 35,000-square-foot distillery and a 20,000-square-foot rickhouse. Serving as a fully vertical integrated facility and home headquarters for the burgeoning brand. So I, this is really exciting because, I mean, this is essentially, despite the fact that this has been a brand that was built by somebody as famous as George, uh, Jim Rutledge. Yeah. He's actually starting his own distillery. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Mike, I will say, like... You see him on Instagram. He's talk. He was. Uh, he talks to Whiskey Moore. He talks to all those guys. Like he is out there. He's sending people messages. Like they're doing it. Like this went from a brand that I was like hesitant about because of the prices and all that stuff to now I'm like, let I'm ready to see what they can do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, just thinking of other brands. Like uh, the only other brand I really think of on that level is Penelope. So I'm. I'm anxious to see if we ever see Penelope like being like, all right, it's, we're going to start our own stuff. Yeah. So I'm I'm excited about this. Yeah. Me too, for sure. <sighs> Georgetown. Georgetown. That's close to us too. Not far away at all. Thirty no. minutes. I used to drive <clears throat> for work to Georgetown. Yeah. To a very small graphic design company that was. Uh... Anyway. Um... <laughs> yeah. This is uh, the only distillery that's going to be in Georgetown, too, because those other people in Georgetown don't count as a distillery, and they're not even going to be there that much longer. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's it. You want to review something? I got one ounce of news. Oh, yeah. We talked about that, too. Yeah. And this is uh, probably going to be more exciting for you, okay. although I want to try it, and I, I'm working on getting a son. Okay. Southern Grist Beer has teamed up with Hardee's 
Oh, yes. To put out a strawberry biscuit ale. I am so excited for this, man. So here's the here's the the Instagram picture. Just a bunch of strawberry biscuits in a can. Um, so I'm excited to try this because I love Hardee's. I love biscuits. I love strawberries. And I'm currently talking to our, uh, our friend, uh, Owen. Uh, oh, yeah. About getting some. So. Yes. Come through for us, Owen. Yes. We need you, brother. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I'm sure there's other people that are close to Southern Grist. I think that's in Nashville there. Yeah. But either way, I think that's amazing. I want to see more Hardee's inspired beers and whiskeys. Yeah, absolutely. Bring it on. I'm down. I'm also down for this review. Yes. So this is, speaking of Blue Run, this is Reflection 1. Yes. Um, 95 proof. Um, obviously hand bottled in Bartstown by Blue Run. Uh, this is another, uh, I guess like a four-year-old product. Um, this is Batch Spring Bottle 101. Date 4 so, Mashville. I think the Googs could probably figure that one out because I don't know for sure. Non-age stated, undisclosed. It is bourbon. Hundred bucks a bur- uh, bottle. I want to guess it's at least four years old, and it's a mid-rye. If I would say, just based off the nose. Okay. And I'm pretty sure Jim Rutledge had something to do with this one, right? I'm pretty sure, yeah. Yeah. You've had this for a little while. A little bit. I We've got been it. kind of putting off the review of this. Yeah, I don't think we had the right time to review it, but I only had about one pour out of it. It smells... It smells really good. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Blueberry and chocolate. Blueberry, chocolate, and vanilla. Does that make sense? I don't know if that would be like a, like a swirl ice cream of that. I'm actually getting a little bit of coconut. On the nose. Oh, well. oh coconut. Okay. Yeah, there's this blueberry vanilla swirl in yeah. it. Yeah. Really kind of oaky, too, for being yeah four years old. I mean, uh, that's pretty much the oldest they put in, so I'm pretty sure, other than their, um, uh, the source, like, 13-year-old stuff they had. That's really good. <laughs> oh. I really like I've that. I have not had this in a minute. Oh, the, the finish goes a little grainy. I don't get a much. I don't get much on the finish you don't at get all. A much? <laughs> I don't get a much. Does it impress you much? That don't impress me. Um, the finish, it. I don't get a lot on it. Period. The nose and the palate, though, I get everything. And it's almost like the palate is less blueberry, more strawberry. Maybe a little red, something red on the palate. I can't tell if it's strawberry I or go, cherry. I go red apple. With okay, it, red apple. Like yeah. okay, I can see that. A little bit more red citrus on the on the palate. God, I love the nose on it though. I think the nose shines. You know what it really reminds me of is spiked apple cider. Mm. When you spike apple cider with bourbon. When you said red apple, I immediately got that. Yeah. And it's kinda like, you know. You're not getting a lot on us like a spiked apple cider yeah. finish or anything like that. I think the finish is pretty weak, but it is only uh, 95 proof. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
blueberry vanilla on the nose and then yeah spiked apple on the palate mm-hmm. it just finished just kind of goes off on its own don't really get much on that um price was what what it's 100 bucks 100 bucks i think that i think i paid 90 something for it maybe with my frequent my frequent customer discount um yeah i think this shows what you can do with a younger craft i would say whiskey we we might have said this when we were reviewing the high rye fall but I think that it also just goes to show that the people who are making, probably making the best whiskey on the market are also the ones who are the most knowledgeable and have spent the most time yep. making whiskey. Now, I, a I, hundred bucks is a lot of money. It is. Especially if it's four years old. Yeah. But I do think that if we consider this like an LE bottle, this does go to show, with those parameters in mind, that an Ellie bottle doesn't necessarily have to be at cast strength to be good. No. Like, I don't know what this is at cast strength, because it would blow my mind, it would, probably. It would kill us. Yeah. And then it would bring us back from the dead and slap us across the face and say, boy, I'm your daddy now. Yeah. It's like what it's like to drop a Ford F-150. Blue run me daddy. Blue run me daddy. Yeah. I think that should be their next single barrel. We should try to we'd start a campaign... To get Sam Elliott to say, Blue Run Me Daddy. No, I think it, I mean, nothing gets Blue Run, but I think if we're going to go through all that, it should be like, Tim Bit Me Daddy, or something like that. Yeah, we don't have a grab that gem. <laughs> yeah. You know, that we could have people say. Also, yeah. we know most of the people in the bourbon industry anyway, so yeah. it's not like, you know, they'd be like, why are you getting Perry and Eric to say this crap today? Yeah. Or getting me to say this crap to them. I think there's enough people who would say that for us. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Blue Run Me Daddy. Um, this is good. It's really good. Um, if I had one like negative to say about it, I mean, I'll get into some of the finer details in a minute, but that that price is just a lot. Yeah. For a for a four year old product, I think that's it's kind of one of those brands too, though that you know it's going to be about that price because that's kind of how everything's ran, you know, eighty to anything above. Um, so I'll give them that, but yeah, the the finish and the price are the negatives for me on this. Yeah, nose palette finish and prices our cat or our our way of reviewing things on the podcast. Each category is out of five. Final score. Out of 20, if you want to know what that's out of 100, just multiply by 5. Do the math yourself. Yeah. Sorry. Yourselves. We can't do it all Excuse for me. you. Jesus. I wasn't going to get that heated. But I'm ready to go on this. Are you? Yeah. I'm ready to go. Nose? You go first. Uh, I gave the nose a uh, 4. 3.5. Okay. I mean, I think the nose is great. Like, it's chocolate, vanilla, blueberry, swirl ice cream to yeah. me. Like a soft serve. Yeah, um, I I like the nose. I'm not overly blown away by it. I think I'm getting a little bit more brown sugar than you are too, mm-hmm. and I think I'm getting more brown sugar on this all the way through. Yeah, mine is are. very like bright colors. You know, you know, I smell and taste in colors, but like I'm getting a lot of purples and reds and yeah. whites and stuff like that. Not a lot of browns and tans. Yeah, 
palette. I also gave it three point five. I gave it a three point five. Yeah, yeah. Um, good, solid. I just wish it 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 does lean so far towards brightness mm-hmm. that I need a little bit more of darker yeah. characteristics to balance it out. Right. But overall, I mean, it's it's a very enjoyable blend. This um, would this would be a uh, pairing I would do with something a little on the savory side because it's so bright and sweet that I want to add a little salt to it or a little like meat to it or something like that. So yeah, I get that. Sorry, the litter robot's working in the background, if anybody can hear that. Hey, got to keep it clean around here. Yeah. Thank God. Finish. Two. Yeah. Not great, but not bad. It's just, I wish that there were more of it. Um, I, I said a 2.5. It's, 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 there's a little bit there, but like, it just goes away so fast. Like, I get all the notes on the palette and the nose, and it's like, I'm waiting for that little bit of linger from the finish, and I don't get it. You know, the the little bit that I'm, like, picking up more on the finish, I'm actually kind of starting to get, like, a strawberry milkshake yeah. kind of thing going yeah. on. I can see that. interesting. That's exactly what I get on the nose, basically. Yeah. Uh, price, I don't love, but I do think that the quality of this does stand up. So, I mean, I could justify paying $100 for this having had it. Yeah. I don't think that that's going to be the same for everybody, of course. Yeah. <laughs> because, I mean, that's not an insignificant amount of money to just drop out of nowhere. So, yeah. uh, three. Yeah, I think I on the, I gave it on a the three. price. What, did I add that up right? I put a three, too, because it's like, I think I got a 13. I got a 12. So that might be right. Either way. Yeah, you're, you're, you're right. Yeah. So. <sighs> Me going into it personally, I've had other blue uh, run products and I know how much I want to pay and I expect that and I'm not disappointed. So that's good. But I think if you're trying to introduce somebody to this product and this is the one that they see, the price is probably going to be just a tad too high for them to try it. Yeah. So I, I think it justifies when you taste it, but. If you've not had any Blue Run products, especially the high-rise stuff, and you know how good it is, it's going to make you be hesitant to buy it. Yeah, so for sure. Yeah, I, th- I think if it... Imagine if this was like 65 bucks. I'd, I'd buy, be all over it. I'd, I'd put this on my shelf all the time. $65. Yeah. I do think that this is one of the kind of sleeper products that has come out over the past couple of years. Yeah. That kind of rival... Everything else that's on the market. Mm. But I do agree with you. I think that, you know, in that $65 price range, it would be a staple. And maybe once they have their own distillery and they can make more and all that. I mean, I guess we got to think of that. Think, think of that. Jesus, I cannot talk right now. I guess we got to think about that. They are distilling at Castle and Key. Yeah. And they're, you know, they kind of got to use somebody else's facilities and all that stuff. So maybe, you know, that costs a little bit more. I don't know anything about Could the be. prices of stuff. So they get their own stuff, own place, and they can make their own stuff all the time. You know, maybe we'll see something like this yeah. at a lower price. For sure. So do you have any high proof hot takes this week? High proof hot takes. Uh, My th- eye has been twitching this week, and I feel like I have a high proof hot take like because of it. Gotta come out. But. I, I can't think I of anything. Know. I said it earlier, and I, I did I say it on this episode or the pre-game or Patreon stuff where I was mad about Instagram. Oh, you said that on this. This, yeah. yeah I think continuing on, I think Instagram 
I'm just getting pissed off because I feel like everybody just copies what everybody else is doing. And it's not, I'm not saying that when they do that, they tag the person and all that. This has nothing to do with that because they will. I'm just saying like, I feel like I just see the same thing from every account all the time. And it's like, stick to your gimmick, do a collab every once in a while. But like, it's not like you have to like see somebody else's post and be like, oh yeah, you know what? I need to post about that today. Now do your own thing. Then make a special post like once every little bit about a collab of something because yeah. I feel like everybody just is just copying everybody's stuff. It's this day, it's that, it's whatever. Like you don't have to post this bottle on this day just because Instagram said or somebody started this. It's will it Wednesday? You know what I mean? Like I don't know. I just feel like. Instagram is getting a lot of like you just see the same posts from every account and that's it. Like, dude, honestly though, I think that's just social media as a whole. I guess and, you're right. And the reason, I mean, like, look at the fact that there are TikTok dances. Yeah, true. That blow up, and it's literally the same people doing the stupidest and simplest dance moves. Yeah. Just because it's trending. Yeah. Just because there are other people doing it and they want to try to get in on right. I guess my personal preference is I want to see the people I follow and the accounts that I love do their own thing, maybe put a little bit of a different twist on it as opposed to just like once you scroll through your feed and it's the pretty much the same post over and over, it's like I get to a point where I'm not reading anything or doing anything because yeah. it's like the same thing. It's like put your own twist on it because I need that engagement to make me see what you're posting. Otherwise, it looks like everybody else's. And then I go back to the person who kind of started that or did something, you know, to make that trend go popular or whatever. I'm always comparing it to that. So, I don't know. That's I, I mean, I, I definitely am guilty of that from time to time. Not like, like I'm doing the exact same thing that everybody else is doing, but just kind of falling into that rut of like here is just a very basic post yeah. and a and a pretty common method of of captioning yeah. it too. So no. I, I get that. I, yeah, I I'm, I, I'm totally on board with that. So I don't know. That's yeah. just my hot take. It's like I just I feel like I see the same post over and over from different people and I want to see a little bit different spin on it on the uh, yeah. the popularity. So. I guess like I use my personal Instagram more to highlight my own life, like individual things. Yeah. And I mean like, you know, a lot of it now is basically me just posting pictures of Eden. Yeah. No, I get it. <laughs> like I used to be pretty creative and it would be like really cool pictures of, you know, flowers right. that I took or whatever, a beautiful sunset. But now it's like, here's my kid. <laughs> oh, that's how, yeah, that's my Facebook right there. I don't know. Yeah. I think it's just, Coming from somebody who started out focusing on Instagram, yeah, like it's just it there gets there gets to be a point where everybody's just copying the same thing over and over. And I over. I've said this before. I don't think I've ever said it on the podcast, but social media to dads now is what wallets with pictures. In them used oh, yeah. to be the to little, dads, yeah, the little yeah. plastic clear things. Like they yeah. flip them out and it's like yeah. an accordion fold of yeah. of pictures. Um, yeah. So, 
just me. Anyway, tips and bits. Tips and bits. I want to go ahead and get mine out of the way just Do because. It. I talked a lot. And I'm yeah. sure people are like, fuck you, Eric. Well, and I, I talked about it a little bit on the pregame. Not a little bit. We talked about it for a while on the pregame chats. But um, so a couple weeks ago, I, I talked about uh, Good Mythical Morning, Rhett and Link. I've been following Rhett and Link for years and their YouTube videos. And I'll say I'll say this one first because I hadn't watched it in a while and I watched it last night and I just could not stop laughing. But they've got this video called it, I think it's called Redneck Camping Guide. <laughs> that sounds funny. I'll play it, I'll play it for you as we're wrapping up. But it is it's so freaking funny. It was I think the epi- the, the the video that made me kind of fall in love with their sense of humor and um, shaped a lot of my humor too um, as I was getting older. Uh, but I've been listening to their podcast, uh, Ear Biscuits. And it's basically just the two of them. It's it's the more serious side of what they do. Yeah. You know, and and like there's an episode where they talk about their friend Ben, who passed away from cancer when they were in college, uh, and how he was kind of like the third part of mythical. But, you know, he passed away so early and like everything that they do is now uh, kind of in honor of him. But over the past few years, they've been doing this series on what they've called their spiritual deconstruction. And it's basically just I'm really being reductive about this, but it's how they stopped be stopped being Christians. And it's, I'm not, I'm not listening to this as like an excuse to give myself an out as a believer, but it does like give me the opportunity to step back and say, well, what am I doing with my faith? Right. You know, who am I as a quote unquote Christian? And over the past couple of years, the association that I have with the the Christian faith has been marginally different than it was before. And a lot of that has been due to social issues and the way that the quote unquote Christians have reacted to social issues and the pandemic and the people that we consider to be representative of the things that we believe, even though, you know, on the surface, they really don't seem to be. Yeah. And it's just been a, it's been an interesting journey that I've kind of had this week. And like, even to the point where I'm, I'm, I'm like, I need to get through this series. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just need to sit down and listen to all of it and consume all of it so that I can get past it. So I can kind of start like, not necessarily reevaluating, but at least giving myself a better definition of who I am right now. Yeah. Perry Ritter, September 2nd, 2022, as a Christian, whatever that means. Yeah. Because when we were talking about this on the pregame chats, I I'm more of a follower of the guy Jesus who said a lot of great things about what it means to love other people than I am this notion of 
the savior. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Cause like, and, and like I've trended a little bit towards, I guess agnosticism, yeah. but not just full on being like, I don't know what's out there, you know, and not having anything to kind of root myself in. Right. But just being, I guess, more open to the the possibility that this is not the way that things Yeah, like why can't you why can't you take the good and the thoughts of other religions or yeah. stuff and like, hey, I like that. I like that. Like like whatever it is that is good. Yeah. But the 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 part that becomes <clears throat> a struggle is when you think about Jesus saying things like I am the way, the truth, and the life. Light, excuse me. Nobody comes to the Father, God, and essentially heaven except through believing in me. Yeah. So it's like, where do I, where do I fall within that? Do yeah. I really believe that if, you know, if if somebody is not baptized or a confessed follower of of Jesus Christ, that they're gonna burn and in infinite inferno for all eternity yeah do i even want to believe that right because that's a pretty heavy thing to to think and to feel about other people that i think it comes down to like if somebody what if somebody wasn't able to learn any of this stuff and they just went through life just normal and like they didn't do like anything horrible or anything like that but they didn't know that bit like it makes you think like if they didn't know that, then like when they die, like they're just going to hell. Like it's like, yeah, it's crazy. It's, it, like, it's I don't com- know. It's like, completely insane to me. Like in this day and age to feel like even if you're a good person, but you're not baptized as a Christian, you didn't do they, these certain steps. Or yeah, exactly. Maybe you weren't taught these steps that you, you automatically. Yeah. Yeah. Think about like, and I can't remember what the, the phrase is. It's like the age of reason or Ultra. confirmation or something? No. No, sorry. Or, or confirmation or something where, like, children get to a certain age to where they should be able to make the decision, quote-unquote decision, yeah. to be baptized and, and follow Christ. And, like, if they don't do that by that point, they don't go to heaven. Yeah, that's crazy. It's like... What? What are you talking about? Yeah. So I... I I don't know. It, it's something that I like. It's been I'm just, on your mind. Yeah, it's been on my mind a lot. It's been on my heart a lot too, more than more than anything. And like, you know, I I have friends who have committed suicide or that have OD'd. Yeah. And it's just like, and they were amazing people, whether they were followers or not. But can I really? rest comfortably thinking that they didn't go to heaven when they died yeah i get it it's it's tough man it's a very very fine line that you have to kind of decide whether or not and i mean if i this is a whole thing to get into but as as somebody who grew up with my identity basically just being i'm a christian this is the way that things are uh, and becoming an adult and, and that not necessarily being the way that I, I feel or think or act anymore. And, it, it you know, I'm not like a morally 
bereft person. I mean, I'm still, <laughs> I'm still a good person. Yeah, I like to at least I think that are. I am. But you know what I mean, though. Like, I'm not just because I don't like explicitly follow like the Old Testament, well, which in and of itself crazy. is Ooh. is crazy stuff. But you know, like I I I don't think that I'm any less of a good person based on my my skepticism or curiosity or anything oh. than anybody else. So, no, you know, that's, uh, this has been a very weird episode and it's very heavy. It's also two twenty. Finish <laughs> you, up. Your kid's going to be okay. Yeah. All right. Do you have any tips and bits? Um, I am currently following along with a podcast from some Disney vloggers that I follow on YouTube mammoth club. Um, if you follow any Disney stuff on YouTube, uh, mammoth club, it's kind of new. They were part of a bigger group, um, allears.net and Disney food, food blog. They kind of went and done their own thing now. Um, so they do a podcast that they are watching all the DCOMs, which are Disney Channel original movies. And it's kind of like... It's kind of like what we do. We talked about this a little bit, didn't we? Yeah. Did so, we talk about this off-air one, one I day? I think so. I think so, too. So, you know, it's like... Adults our age now reviewing the Disney Channel original movies and kind of seeing like what we missed while, when we were kids watching these. So yeah. I just recently watched Brink, which is a movie about uh, inline skating. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and, and I put a poll on my Instagram where it's like Brink versus Airborne, which Airborne was a inline skating movie that came a little before this that had Jack Black in it early years, Seth Green, the best one. And if you voted against it, you're an idiot. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I rewatched Brink, which I loved when I was about 12 years old, right? It's, It's about a group of kids who soul skate. Soul, soul skating is skating only for the fun, and you're not trying to get sponsored, and you're not trying to sell out and all this stuff. And they have to go up against their rivals, which also go to the same school as them. Rivals X-Blades, which they spell X-B-L-A-D-S. So it's X-Blods. really... X-Blods. X-Blods. And uh, everybody loves Brink. He's this like kind of cool California kid. Uh, and his But his family's having troubles, and he gets a chance to be sponsored and skate for team X plots. Um, and so, and the sponsorship is $200 a week. <laughs> and if you win competitions, you get more money anyway. So, in, you know, it, it's, it's a normal nineties movie. The dad is like a boring dad who's mean. And then, the kids are over the top and like the bully is like the most, you you know, 90s bully ever. But everybody's like, Brink's awesome. Brink's... When you rewatch this as an adult, you realize Brink is an asshole. <laughs> because it starts out him trying to earn money for his family and his dad gets him a job. But since the job isn't skating, he gets pissed and still skates behind his back. He lies to his friends about joining the team and he tries to hide that the whole time. So, no, Brink, you didn't do this just for the money to help your family. You did it because you wanted the fame of being sponsored. And he even admits that in the end. Spoiler alert. But, either way, it's a decent Disney Disney Channel original movie. And it's fun to 
watch these along with uh, Mammoth Club podcast as they review these. And um, I'll continue to do that, and I'll tell you about it as I go. So, nice. once again, Brink's okay. Airborne's better. If you voted on my poll that Airborne is not as good as Brink, you're dumb. There you go. There you go. Anyway. Yeah. What an episode. What an episode. (laughs) Guys, thank you all so much for listening. Um, Again, if this is your first time here, thanks for sticking with us. Oh, yeah. You've been through a roller coaster. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Eric, take us home. Let people know what they can do Um, to support us patreon.com slash my bourbon podcast you can support the show for as little as a dollar a month and at five dollars you get all the extra content we are currently in our third season of pours from the floor you don't want to miss that so you can compare it to the last two seasons Um, once again though we need you know support to keep everything going to get more stuff to do more content with and after this we'll We'll uh, welcome a few new patrons to the show. If you want to send us a question um, or a message or a uh, review request or something like that, this is mybourbonshop at gmail.com. Send an email there. If you want to get some merchandise, bourbonshop.threadless.com or whiskeymutant.shopify.com. We got some shirts and stuff up there. If you want to leave a message for the Barrel Ring segment, which is a segment where you leave a voicemail and we reply back to you on air, 859-428-8253. Then on all social media, at MyBourbonPod. You can follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, TikTok. You can follow Perry at PRitter1792 for more personal stuff. If you want to follow me, it's at WhiskeyMutant on Instagram, uh, Twitter, TikTok, doing pairings and things like that. Uh, Go to YouTube. This is My Bourbon Podcast on YouTube. Perry goes live every Thursday at 8, does reviews, interviews, has people from other channels on there. Um, I try to join him when I'm not doing work, which I work night shift, so that kind of sucks. But anyway... Um, and then if you want to leave a review, just leave a five-star review or a one-star review. Either way, you're going to get it read on uh, the episode. And depending on the star you leave, it will depend on the answer that we give you. Uh, <laughs> if you want to tell everybody about the show, just write them a letter. Send them a text message. Say, listen, to the, this is my bourbon podcast. We love all the support. We love you guys. And we especially love some new people who are joining the family. Boy, how do you do we? I saw them at Arby's the other day. <laughs> it was a big debate. I, I so we don't really have any new reviews this week, um, but we have had some just very kind words oh, okay. sent through. So um, this is in conjunction with one of our new patrons. But so our first new patron of the week is Tony. Sorry if I butcher your last name. Baravides? Baravides, that's right. Baravides, okay. Um, I think. He, he sent us a private message on Instagram, said, I'm kind of treating this as a review, too. Yeah. And, and yeah. you know, it feels like it at the very least. But uh, he said, Hey, man, been listening to you all for quite some time and really love the pod. I've been in the Bourbon Pursuit group for a while, and we always refer to your podcast on Discord. Oh, uh, I also really enjoy watching the podcast uh, on YouTube, and I hope you all keep that going. Thanks for putting in the time. Cheers, Tony B. Tony, 
uh, thank you so much for supporting the show and uh, those insanely kind words and you know it just kind of builds on that feeling I've had recently of like oh we've uh, we kind of made it things are trending in the right direction yeah I would say but uh, we also have two other new patrons Adam also known as Dramhound Dramhound who I've seen him around on the socials. He's also at the $5 a month tier. Nice. So he gets all the bonus content. He does. That comes with uh, supporting the show on Patreon. And $2 a month, Michael Russo. Michael, Dramhound, and Tony. And Tony. They were all at Arby's the other day. I was really surprised to hear that from you. Yeah, dude. I, like, sometimes I take like a notion to get like one of their... Um, I know the roast beef is what they're known for, but I really like like the fresh market sandwiches they have. Um, so I was in line, I was inside and there was three, three guys sitting there and they were arguing over roast beef sandwiches. One wanted a regular roast beef. The other guy was saying you should get the double. The other guy was saying you should get like the extra large one. And they all had very good points. Um, and I tried to butt in and they kind of like pushed me away. They were like, you're just getting fresh market. Why would you come to Arby's to get a turkey sandwich? I was like, I don't know. You know, I was just in the mood for that. I could have went anywhere else. And they said, get, and they all said the same roast beef sandwich at the same time. And I was like, I still don't know what to get. Uh, but, uh, Dramhound wanted the double. Tony said, just get the single, but get two of them. And I was like, why wouldn't I just get, uh, that doesn't make any sense. And then who was, uh, who was it? Michael. Michael. Michael said, get the biggest one you can fit in your mouth. And I was like, you know what? That's the best advice I've ever heard. Get the biggest one you can fit in your mouth. And I said, you know what? I'm not getting a fresh market sandwich now. I'm getting all of these sandwiches. And I ended up getting a quadruple roast beef sandwich. And they all loved Arby sauce. That stuff's my jam. Yeah. They all loved Arby sauce. So I was like, all right. And I was like, if you all like Arby sauce, you're probably going to like This Is My Bourbon Podcast. They're like, you know what? We've kind of heard of that before. Um, And so we uh, dabbed each other up, and um, we left, and I enjoyed my quadruple sandwich while they all enjoyed their um, personal preferences of Arby's roast beef sandwiches. And now we're all enjoying this together as a This My Burn Podcast family. There you go. Fantastic. Thanks for uh, shaking down more people, too. Yeah. Just got to dab them up, get into the conversation, interrupt people from when they're ordering stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that does it for this week's episode. <laughs> Probably. Everybody, thank you all so much for listening. Thank you so much for your continued support. Uh, it just means the world to us. Um, and uh, yeah, we're quickly approaching episode 250. We're quick, uh, quickly approaching the five-year anniversary. Is that a quarter of a century? Is that right? Mm, a century is 100 years. Oh, never mind. I was thinking... 25. It's a fifth of a century. Okay. I don't know. Do you think we're going to do the podcast for 100 years? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. Definitely. I'm down. I can't even reasonably say when I would end this podcast. I had one drink of barrel proof and I've been on, uh, I've been in the hospital for five days now. It just doesn't hit me like it used to. You ever tried bourbon through an IV? I put it in, I put it in my, uh, my little tube that's in my belly. Uh, it's a peg tube. I didn't taste it, but I knew it was at least 12 years and... It was 105 proof. I could tell that from the time it came out of my butt. I'm peeing blood. (laughs) 
we've been doing this for 102 years. Who are you? <laughs> and this... Where's my dog? My name's Eric. <laughs> and that's Perry. We're not even actually recording. And this is my bourbon... We lost him. We're losing him. Clear. Uh, to podcast. See you next week. Love you. See you guys. Love you. I'm Perry. That's Eric. This is my bourbon podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>